Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you, and today is Friday, April 2nd. We have the best of the week from Jaguars Broadcasting, as always, including Peter King's initial impressions of Urban Meyer, the reaction after Meyer's comments on Trevor Lawrence, plus a look at the 17th regular season game. Remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars Podcast Network, available on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts, and give us the five-star treatment as you always do. Thank you for that. Biggest news of the week, Urban Meyer on Peter King's podcast early in the week, and King asked Meyer if there's any doubt the Jags are taking Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick, and Meyer said, quote, I'm certainly not stepping out of line that that's certainly the direction we're headed, end quote. It's big. It's the first time publicly that any Jaguars official has said anything close to confirming the number one pick. Peter King joined John Ozier on the Ozone podcast this week to break down his conversation with the Jaguars head coach. Just give me your overall impressions of talking to Urban. I don't know how much you had talked to him before. Never in my life. Never had one conversation with him. What were your overall impressions? You've talked to a lot of people over the years, a lot of important NFL people, maybe all of them. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest... The biggest takeaway is that uh, he's got a plan. And as you've noticed, John, I'm sure you've been around him now enough to know that he's he's got a plan. He's he's very much drilled down to um, the the smallest things that you have to worry about. You know, I once heard one of the Patriots say about Bill Belichick. You know, I once I once said, man, it's so uh, it must be so difficult to play for Bill all the time. Must be great in some ways, but difficult. And he goes, greatest part about playing for Bill Belichick is that when I walk into training camp every year, I feel like everybody else in the NFL is starting at the goal line, and we're starting at the forty yard line. Hmm. You know, like we got a 40 yard head start on everybody else in football. And, and I think one of the things that you've noticed with urban Meyer as he's gone around, gone in, in his career, he, he didn't have a lot of ramp up time when you think about it. And it's easy to hit the ground running and to win 10 games in Columbus, Ohio and Gainesville, Florida. But you know, his first job, he took over a, a losing team with a losing ethos at Bowling Green, and they won right away. And they won pretty much right away, too, in Utah. And so I think, honestly, that that is the biggest takeaway I had, that he's just he's got answers for everything. And, again, we'll have to see if those answers are all the right answers. And he certainly does have – I can see very much. One of the things when I was talking to Jimmy Johnson, I don't know, maybe a month ago about Urban or maybe even longer than that before he took the job, one of the things that Jimmy said basically is that, hey, Urban's not stupid. Urban sees the the opportunity in Jacksonville. And, <laughs> John, when you think about it, even though the Jaguars arguably were the worst team in football last year – and their record showed it, um, how often do you get advantages like taking a true franchise quarterback with the first pick, like having more cap room than anybody in the NFL, 
uh, and uh, having sort of a blank slate mm-hmm. uh, that Urban Meyer has because Shad Khan has given that to him. So he's got a really good opportunity in Jacksonville. Yeah, I wouldn't call it unprecedented, but it's certainly rare. I, you yeah, know, I think, and that's uh, yeah, it, it's an incredible opportunity. I, as you know, Peter, I covered the Colts from ninety or from two thousand one on, but I missed their very beginning. But it strikes you a little bit like that when they were drafting Peyton. They had brought in Bill Polian. It was a clear reset. They had a couple of good players. They had Marvin Harrison to start that. Tarek Glance and guys like that. It, it's some pieces, but we're also pulling very rare instances. That was twenty four, twenty five years ago. So it doesn't happen very often. And, I, uh, you know, no doubt. Oh, all right, we've buried the lead enough, Peter. We have, you know, you and I are both longtime journalists. You don't bury the lead like this, but we've done it. The Trevor news, obviously, Urban told you basically the pick is all but made. Uh, yeah. However you want to paraphrase it. Take me through that question. Did you expect him to answer it like that? No. Uh, because it seemed to me like it was just in the course of an interview. That's exactly what it was. I I had no. I, I look. I I think sometimes it's um, fairly preposterous when an NFL coach or general manager before the draft, when everyone knows exactly what you're going to do in this draft. You know it. It is, uh, it's foolish to see them play, twist themselves into knots to play word games. Okay. And to me, when he said, uh, I'm certainly, I'm looking at it right now. I'm certainly not stepping out of line that that's certainly the direction we're headed. Uh, I'd have to say that's the direction we're going. So, I mean, John, you, you know, from covering this league for a long time that usually people will sidestep questions like that. Um, I mean, he didn't say we are drafting Trevor Lawrence, but he might as well have said that. Sure. And thank you. I basically thought to myself, Um, (laughs) but, but, but honestly, nobody really thought that there was a chance they weren't going to take him. The Ozone Podcast is available now on the official Jaguars Podcast Network that you're listening to right now. The Urban Talk continued on Monday's Jaguars Reporters Podcast. Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, Brian Sexton, and I gave our impressions of Meyer's conversation with Peter King and the reaction it brought. Obviously, the big story this week so far is Urban Meyer with Peter King, and Urban finally said it, all but said it. Trevor Lawrence, they're going in that direction at number one. The evidence has been there. The tea leaves have always said this. But now Urban Meyer is starting to say it. You know, all these detractors from what the Jaguars shouldn't do, you know, they should get somebody else besides Trevor Lawrence. It's all going to be done now. Or anybody else putting that out, saying they're going a different direction, just needs a storyline and clicks. It's not a – it has no – basis in fact anymore i just want to go on the record and all i have to say on this and you're not on drive time with us but the day that they cut leonard Fournette, i said okay it's Trevor lawrence right i mean he has it, been on that train i've been on that train ever that. since <laughs> absolutely yes i think it always has been kind of like it's always been for clicks it's always been for a storyline even now it now it looks even more ridiculous but a, a month ago it still looked ridiculous i read somewhere john that he has been the number one pick 
since his freshman year at Clemson, right? He's just the number one pick. Felt like it, right? Yeah. That, it, it, well, it, it seems a very high percentage chance that Urban came here for the chance to, to coach this If 99.9% is high, I would say you're he right. He went and he stood next to him during his pro day. Mm-hmm. He has opted not to attend other pro days. <laughs> um, so it all makes sense if it as i started writing as soon as the season ended when urban got here if he wasn't going to take trevor lawrence i really wanted to sit on the on the conversation with shad explaining why not that there wouldn't have been a reason why but it it had better be a really really well laid out reason and it better just blow your mind or else they were taking this kid so it looks like that's what's going to happen all, All right. signs po- pointing towards that. Yeah, magic eight ball. All signs <laughs> point to yes. <laughs> that that cube, whatever, how many sides? It all says yes, 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 yes on that one. Rubik's cube. Exactly, right. John. Well, no, 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 no. The you know, there's that thing inside the magic eight ball that spins with all the different answers. It's multi-sided. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know what you call it. I don't know what geometrically speaking. I don't know what the, the it only name lands of it is. on one side though. Well, it's or or everything says. <laughs> It is likely. The Jaguars Reporters Podcast runs Monday afternoons on the Jaguars Official Podcast Network. Later in the week, Jaguars Happy Hour Radio, Thursday afternoon. Jeff Lagerman and I got into a discussion about Trevor Lawrence deciding to not attend the NFL draft. And Logs had some memories of his draft experience. You know, uh, he, he announced that he's not going to go to Cleveland for the draft. He'll be at Clemson watching the draft with Good friends and family. Good so, for him. Some, some top prospects will go. The league has opened that up, but sounds like uh, Trevor's going to do his own thing. Well, there's, uh, there's a couple, I think, opinions on that. Uh, one of them is that players should be grateful for the opportunity and uh, thankful to the league because they're going to be able to make millions of dollars, and some fans believe that. And then the flip side of that is – the players are, that are being asked to go to the draft in Cleveland, they're not being compensated by the NFL. They would be compensated as far as whatever travel expenses that they would incur, but they're not being paid. And should the league pay prospects to participate in the draft? My opinion is yes. I mean, why not? Does it not sell a product? Are they not selling the NFL draft? And does the NFL not make money? And the networks, don't they make money off of the broadcast of the draft? Uh, I think that they should pay the prospects to come. And, and would that change the mind of a young man like Trevor Lawrence? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe he wants to spend that day showing the appreciation for the people that got him there. And I totally get that. Totally get that. Because if you can spend time at such a special moment with your family and friends and the people that got you there, mm-hmm. why would you want to do something different and spend it with a bunch of people that you don't know just so that maybe you could hug Roger Goodell? Yeah, you have the photo op on stage, uh, right? Look, I, I don't want a man hug Roger Goodell that bad. <laughs> I mean, for me, I'd rather spend it with family. And uh, so good for Trevor. <laughs> and another benefit of that, too, is that if he is in at, at Clemson for the draft, spending it with family – then it's a very short plane ride from Jacksonville, okay, to Clemson. And then, obviously, my guess is the jet will be on the tarmac in Clemson. And then after the pick is made, hugs, kisses, load up some family, come to Jacksonville. You know, so. Right. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, You know, it's one of those two. Who was 
Tagliabue the commissioner when you were, was that 89? Uh, or was it still Roselle? It was uh, way, Pete Roselle. Yeah. So Because it was Jeff Lagerman. <laughs> That's right. It was With the Roselle. 14th Would you have gone, though? Like, did they invite Jet you? Select Jeff Lagerman. This is before players even were a thing at well, the draft. Well, I, I probably right? would have gone. Just to go? Just because I, I don't think that uh, everybody was aware of, of where and what the draft has become. And I'm glad that I didn't get the opportunity because uh, I, I, they might have had to have security to protect me in York. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know? That would have been a uh, scene. I man. wasn't a very popular selection, <laughs> JP, in New York. <laughs> Jaguars Happy Hour Radio airs Thursdays at 4 p.m. on 1010XL AM Radio, Jaguars.com, and the Jags social media accounts. When we return, a Cam Robinson discussion, plus Bucky Brooks' thoughts on the 17th regular season game. All that after this. Jaguars fans, are you excited about draft day? Get in on the action. Enter the TIAA Bank Meet the Pick sweepstakes today for your chance to win a special meet and greet experience with the Jaguars draft pick. Learn more at TIAABank.com slash meet the pick. No purchase required to enter or win and will not increase your chances of winning. Open to legal residents of 50 United States and D.C. 18 years and older. Entry period from March 29, 2021 through April 29, 2021. To enter in for official rules, prize description, odds of winning, and other details, visit TIAABank.com slash meet the pick. Sponsor and administrator, TIAA Bank, a division of TIAA FSB. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And season ticket renewals are underway. Existing season ticket members need to lock in their seats for the 2021 season. Demand is through the roof. The deadline is April 9th. That's coming in quickly. And the Jaguars look to play in front of a full capacity crowd in 2021. Look for your renewal link in your email. Visit jaguars.com or call 904-633-2000. Check out the official Jaguars podcast network. You're listening to it right now, most likely. It's a free subscription, of course, on Apple, iTunes, or Spotify. This program archived, Reporters on Mondays, Huddle Up Wednesday, the Ozone podcast. The list goes on and on. Give us that five-star rating and a comment. Now to Jags drive time from Tuesday morning. Last week, we heard the comments of left tackle Cam Robinson, who was franchise tagged by the Jaguars. Ashwin Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton had more on the former second-round pick. Uber-talented. Look how big he is. Right, He's got all the skills. With, with For me, I, I want to know that he wants to be the 15 17 18 million dollar left tackle that's that was the question that was what i was told about him was did he want it bad enough to work hard enough to overcome the injuries and to play at a high level um let's see if the money motivates him yep it absolutely. would motivate me oh yeah same he is in dallas right now training that is where his trainer is and he spent most of the off season there so john this is a big year for him and, and i liked how he said that the expectations we're very clear of what he needs to accomplish for himself and for this team. Well, it's a huge year, obviously, because until he signs a long-term deal, he's still playing for a long-term deal. And Urban talked about the possibility of that, but until it happens, it hasn't happened. So uh, I personally think the, the uh, critics of Cam Robinson have, have been, or, or the criticism of him have, has been vastly overdone. He has not been great. He's not been a pro bowler. He, he had some inconsistent games. But he has not been a bad left tackle, in my opinion. I think sometimes when a guy hasn't lived, lived up to that draft status, it gets sort of skewed too far the other way. He doesn't have that far to go to be really, really good. He just, as Brian said, he has to decide that he's going to take that step. And 
let's not forget, the tackles on this team, while they perhaps haven't ascended to the level that either of them would want, have not been in an easy situation. We all know that the uh, quarterback play behind it in terms of pocket presence for the last two years has been inconsistent at best. That doesn't help. But much more than that, when you trail all the time, it's very hard to always pass protect and always look great. Let's get some consistency on offense around the tackles Mm -hmm. and see where they really are. Yeah, I could not agree more. I remember talking to Cam Robinson last year, and it was when they were going back from Gardner Minshew to Mike Glennon to Jake Luton. I was like, this has got to be kind of tough, right? He's like, yeah, all of them have their same cadence, different languages of how they you know, snap the ball. It's hard. You don't know who's back there half the time. Well, it didn't matter who was back there. They were not an elite quarterback prospect. Mm -hmm. That's what they need. That's what this team is getting. There you go. Optimistic. I like it. It's not optimism. I believe that's fact. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's facts. Jags Drive Time runs Tuesdays at 10 a.m. on the Jags social media channels and jaguars.com. We'll wrap this week with the Huddle Up podcast from Wednesday. League owners made it official with a vote this week. There will now be three preseason games and 17 regular season games starting in 2021. NFL media analyst Bucky Brooks, John Osher, and I discussed the major change. Here we go, Bucky. 17-3. and three. How you feeling? I mean, I'm okay with that. Um, I think we have a definite divide between winners and losers. That's always fun. Uh, either you have a winning record or you have a losing record. So we'll get a chance to see that. Uh, it changes some of the dynamics a little bit when we think about the team building process in terms of your depth and what is needed. And for the young guys, three preseason games, man, you better hit the ground running or you won't be on the final roster. Yeah, uh, you know how I feel, JP. I don't like it. I, but <laughs> what? I also wish they were still playing 12 games. No, I think 17 is <laughs> too many. I was fine with 14 when I was growing up. I'm kidding. I think 16 is the right number. Uh, 17. Okay, fine. They're doing it. But I'm with Bucky. I, I, I guess I'm just old school and I've talked to too many personnel people over the years. I think four preseason games, as much as I don't like covering them and make no mistake, as a fan, I understand people don't like them. As an observer, I hate covering them. But for players making rosters, I do believe there is merit to having four preseason games and get off my lawn. Yeah, it's a throwback, Buck, uh, from John there, I think. The, the ultimate throwback. It, it changes things a little bit because now – well, actually, like, John, I, I think actually we'll see a better product, though, because instead of the first game being one where the starters play maybe a series, they now may have to play a quarter and a half to get some of the rhythm. The second game will become like the third game where we'll see the starters play after halftime. And then the third game will be the game where all the young guys play the majority of the game. And so it changes it a little bit, but I think the ent- the interest should be better because that third game is going to be fast and furious with all the young guys really competing for spots. Oh, no doubt. Now, what I wonder, and I don't think they've said yet, is this going to shorten training camp? Meaning, mm-hmm. you know, because if it shortens training camp, I'm all for it, JP. Sure. If you can get to a situation where I'm standing on that practice field for about an hour and a half every August, total (laughs) then i'm fine with it so if we get that then i'm game the huddle up podcast drops each wednesday at 8 a.m on the official jaguars podcast network 
That will do it for this week. And can you believe we are inside a month from the start of the 2021 NFL Draft? And, of course, we'll have plenty of draft discussion coming up in the next few weeks. Subscribe to the official Jaguars Podcast Network. Leave a comment for us, a five-star rating. It's on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcast. Have a great Easter weekend. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank.